Hello, and welcome to Peace of Pod Employment Law Conversations, your go-to guide for navigating all things employment law in England. I'm Sarah Whitemore, I'm your host, and I'm an employment lawyer and senior partner at law firm Warner Goodman, and I've got over 30 years of legal experience. In this podcast, we'll explore the intricacies of employment law, engaging with industry leaders, seasoned legal experts, and successful entrepreneurs to equip you to excel in today's dynamic work environment. So, grab your favourite drink, get comfortable, and let's dive in. So, welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, This is a bit of an unusual setup for us, isn't it? Usually, you'll be the one interviewing other people, having those sort of chats. But this week, we thought for our first podcast, we would get to know a little bit about you. So, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit and tell the audience who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Sarah. I'm Sarah Whitemore, and I head up the Peace of Mind team at Warner Goodman. And it is a bit unusual because you're my daughter, yeah. and this isn't usually well, a mother-daughter conversation. But today, it's you interviewing me, so that'll be interesting. I don't think I said, but I'm Connie, so Sarah's daughter. I work in the Peace of Mind team as well, doing marketing and administration. So let's crack on, I suppose. So I think I just want to start a little bit and get a bit of understanding of what made you interested in the legal sector. It's quite interesting, actually, because I was brought up by parents who were both in education. So my father was a university lecturer, my mother was a teacher, so education was really important to them. So when it came to going to university, I had no choice, I had to go. And I thought, well, I want to go and do something that will lead to a job at the end of it. I didn't want to do ancient Greek philosophy or something that wasn't going to be vocational. So to me, that came down to banking or law. And a friend of mine had a dad who was a solicitor and he said, well, why don't you go and sit and watch some of the courts in action? Mm -hmm. So I went along to the Crown Court and watched some of the criminal cases and I thought that was quite interesting. So law it was. So off I went and applied and did a a law degree. And that's where I ended up as a lawyer. So if you wouldn't mind just delving into that a little bit more as to how you became a senior partner at Warner Goodman and your career with the firm. So I'm really a one firm, one person. I've never never worked for any other law firm. I started here as a trainee solicitor back in 1992. 30 years later, I became senior partner. And along the way, I was one of the firm's first associates. So when we created the associate role, um, I was one of the first that um, took that position. And then I was promoted to partner. We had fixed share partners and then equity partners. And senior partner really is a time-served position you become senior partner when you're the partner who's been in the firm the longest and at 55, 56, that's where I'm at. So you are senior partner, uh, you sort of explained that a little bit, but what is your actual role within the firm? So you head up the peace of mind team, but do you maybe want to tell the listeners a bit about what that means and what peace of mind is? Absolutely. So peace of mind is an employer's support package. Um, So about 20 years ago, we created it. And we saw it as an opportunity to provide more information on a proactive basis to our clients. Traditionally, what's happened with lawyers is they have um, qualified, decided on their area of specialism, set up an office, put a phone on the desk and waited for someone to come with a problem. But often it's the case in employment law, if you wait for the problem to arise, it's too late to put it right. You really need to have done an education piece before the problem arises. So peace of mind gives us the opportunity um, to provide clients on a proactive basis with information about what's coming up in the law, what things they need to be aware of, pitfalls that they might encounter along the way. It also gives us the opportunity of building relationships with our clients because what we have are clients who pay us an annual fee and are with us for the journey. 
So they pay an annual fee, their fee is fixed for the year, and that means that they can call us as many times as they like and talk about anything they want to, whether it is employment law or whether it's whether I should get a dog or <laughs> what's going on with my children's lives or, or indeed vice versa, what's happening with them. That enables us to build rapport, to have a relationship with our clients. And with employment law, there are no black and whites. Everything has to be tailored to suit the type of business you're dealing with, the culture of that business, the goals of that business, um, the ethos of the people running that business. And it's only by developing that relationship with our clients that we're able to deliver our advice in that way. So obviously stepping into the role that I have, I've got to know the team better. Um, and it is a huge team, really, isn't it? It might have started off with just you effectively, but it's grown into something so much bigger. So do you want to sort of tell me a little bit about what it is that the entire team is doing um, for Peace of Mind? Absolutely. So we started off with Peace of Mind on the basis that a traditional employment lawyer would have peace of mind clients. So alongside tribunal work and other paid for on an hourly rate basis work, we had some peace of mind members and we would do everything for that client, but within the one person role. Didn't work particularly well. As we've expanded and we've got more and more members, um, we've been able to specialise. So instead of having one lawyer who will review the contracts and staff handbooks, who will provide day-to-day -day advice as and when it's needed to respond to employee relations issues, who will deliver some training um, and information. We now have teams that do that. So we have a little team of what we call document audit clerks, and their role is to review contracts and staff handbooks. They look at all the policies that our clients use. They make sure that their documents are legally compliant, but also that they help the employer further their goals. So that's the document audit team. We then have a team of advisors, um, and alongside myself, we've got four other legal advisors, and they all are delivering day-to-day -day advice. So when an employer has an issue, Brian hasn't come to work today, what do I do? They contact us and we provide the legal advice to support those processes. We then have also an HR consultancy, and the HR consultants provide hands-on practical HR support. So they might go in and actually deliver a, a, a disciplinary or grievance hearing they might get involved in mediation if there are two employees that aren't getting along together and they also deliver training. So instead of just having one employment lawyer who's trying to do that alongside grappling with the employment tribunal litigation and the deadlines that the courts impose, we have these specialisms that deliver that service for our clients. Amazing. So as we've covered, it's a growing team. And so with the document audit team, we've got quite a few aspiring lawyers, don't we? So how do you feel like you bring them up with you and inspire them sort of day to day. That's right. So our document audit team are mostly law graduates. They're people starting out on their law career. It's an entry level position um, and it gives them an opportunity to look at contracts and staff handbooks and to start to think about the principles that apply in employment law. What we're able to do within that team is to develop them, um, to train them, to uh, infuse them in the area of employment law and to start talking with them about the issues that clients face and the sorts of things that they need to think about from a commercial viewpoint if they're going to advise uh, employers. Many of our document audit team are doing other qualifications at the same time. It, it amazes me because when I did my qualifications, I went off to Guildford and did my legal qualifications to become a solicitor following my law degree. They're doing that on the job. So we have a document audit clerk who's doing the SQE route, which is a way to become a solicitor whilst training 
in the firm. We have others that are doing the traditional LPC, which is the legal practice course. They're doing that part-time alongside their work. And together, those sorts of routes will lead to them being qualified solicitors and furthering their career, we hope, within Warner Goodman. So bearing that in mind, how do you feel like the legal sector has changed over the last 30 years? Well, it's interesting. I think it's really down to technology. When I first started with Warner Goodman, I remember the very first week there was an excitement in the air because our secretaries had just got these typewriters, which had little screens, so they could type a whole sentence before it got sent to the page. And that was an amazing achievement for them. That was a big development from having to get the tipex out and edit things <laughs> on, the, on the page. Back then, um, if we wanted to, you know, if a client wanted to know how much money they owed to us, we would have to dictate a note that would be typed up, that would be sent over to Fairham. They would crank up a computer, print off a big sheet, send it back to us. Maybe two or three weeks later, we could go back to the client and say, oh, back then, two or three weeks ago, you owed us this amount of money. <laughs> Obviously now, things have developed. So, you know, we have everything on our fingertips. We've got our iPhones, iPads, Macs, you know, computers, whatever, tablets. We're able to do our own typing and correct it before it hits the page. Uh, we're able to tell our clients what's going on on their files, wherever we are, whether we're working from home or we're working in the office. Um, and things are just much quicker and much more responsive than they ever were when I first started as a, as a training solicitor all those years ago. So does it worry you a bit for, obviously, we've spoken before, just day to day, we've said that artificial intelligence is, is up and coming. It's... Um, can be a little bit scary. So does that sort of not scare you, but are you intrigued by how that might affect your your work going forward? Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. Chat GPT, I love it. It's really powerful. Um, it gives you the ability to create um, a first draft so much quicker than you ever could by going back to the books or even going to the traditional online um, resources that we have. It's so responsive and it's so quick. Obviously, there are downsides to it. We need to be alive to the fact that there are data leakage issues, that ChatGPT and other AI is not always the most up-to-date. Um, and there will always be a need, I think, for human intervention. There always need to be an employment lawyer that looks through that initial draft and tailors it to the client, edits it to suit. Um, but I'm, I'm really embracing the change. You know, I think if you look back over the law profession, you know, you can go back to Scrooge from Christmas Carol days and see them sitting at a big ledger and with a quill pen and writing it all up. You have to have progress. You have to have development. And in my 30 years, I can see we've come a long way. I'm excited to see where the next 30 years take us. I'd love to come back to you in 30 years' time and say, where's your career gone to? But also, what, what technology are you using then? Or, or, you know, is AI laughed at as being the most ridiculous yeah. entry-level thing? I think it's really exciting. It's exciting times. And you know, the, the, the people who come into my team now are disadvantaged in that there is an absolute mountain of employment law out there. When I started, it was very limited employment law. Um, you could bring a claim for unfair dismissal, but the cap on compensation was about £11,000. Now it's just gone over £100,000. There were very limited forms of discrimination. We had sex and race. Now we've got disability, age, gender reassignment, all those sorts of things. For a new starter, that's an enormous amount of information to take on board. But the flip side is AI helps you to process that enormous amount of information. When I started out, if you wanted to know the claim 
but I'm fair dismissal might succeed. You had a book. You had to literally go to a book and find a case that a was this book. year <laughs> last year or whatever. So, you know, it's very aggressive. I, I'm excited for what happens what happens next. I mean, that's a good way of looking at it, because I think a lot of people, me included, are just terrified. I mean, I love chat GPT, don't worry, but, you know, it's a bit scary, isn't it? <laughs> I know, and there's a whole, a whole world out there saying, it, you know, is AI going to take over the world? Are we going to need humans? And I think there may be jobs that do go. I think there are things that will be automated, but then if you look back, we don't have people doing... Um, petrol pump attendance jobs anymore and you know we've got limited people on the checkout at the supermarkets and things of that sort so you know technology does take away some jobs but it also it frees people up to do the more interesting work it takes away the mundane routine stuff i think within the world of employment law there will always need to be employment lawyers yeah. as i say i think ai can give you a good first draft but then you're going to need to tailor it to suit you're going to need to look and say is this really the right document for my clients and well, here's hoping, so otherwise you'll be out of a job. Retirement's <laughs> <laughs> not that far off. <laughs> so moving on to, I suppose, a more personal note, um, how do you manage, as a senior partner, heading up a team, and your lawyer, um, how do you maintain a healthy work-life balance? That's a good question. That's really interesting. I think, from my perspective, in my 50s, looking back, um, you have to accept that there are differences between what is and isn't a healthy work-life balance. A work-life balance doesn't mean equality of fun time and work time. It's not going to necessarily be an equal thing. You have to look and say, well, what are the primary things that are important to me? What do I want to achieve out of my life? What does having a healthy life part of the balance mean to me? And if that means having nice holidays, having nice cars, living in a nice area well, then maybe I need more of a work element to my work-life balance than a life element. Um, but, you know, looking back, I think, oh, gosh, maybe I should have spent more time with my kids. You know, maybe I should have been there to pick them up from school and to, um, you know, have tea with their friends and those sorts of things. That might have been a healthier work-life balance. To do that, I would have had to take a back step on the work side of things. So I think hindsight's a great thing. You know, from my perspective, I can look back and go, did I kind of get that balance right? I'm not sure if I did, but I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I don't care like what you're like, but I'm pretty okay. <laughs> I feel like the balance is kind of there. It's been some nice times. The money came in. But, you know, for somebody starting out in their career, you've got to kind of think about what, what it is that a healthy work-life balance means for you. And it won't be the same as the next person sitting next to you. Um, it won't be the same as your parents thought it was or your grandparents thought it was. It'll be what works for you. Definitely. That's re- that's actually a really interesting way of looking at it, actually. I thought you were just going to... I don't really know. I thought you were going to start about running. And... Oh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I'm really healthy. I really like to go to the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was really cool. So with you, you have had an extremely successful career. Um, and I think you'd be really proud of what you've achieved and um, getting to the point that you have. But I guess my question would be for you, what would you say are the key qualities that are necessary to build that successful career. Maybe that's somebody wanting to expand their business, which you've definitely done, or anything. What would you say are the key qualities? Okay, so I can only talk about that from a legal perspective. Of course. Obviously, for a lawyer, you've got to have those skills, the legal skills, but they almost are a given. I mean, it's almost taken as read that every law firm will have lawyers who know the law. Um, what you've got to build on top of that is a commercial awareness. 
So an understanding of what your client's priorities are, what their goals are, and how the law can be used to further those things. And that makes you a good lawyer, is being able to take the law and apply it to a situation. To be a good employment lawyer, you've also got to have empathy, you've got to understand people, you've got to know a bit about psychology, um, you've got to be prepared to adapt and to, to, to change. And I think to grow your business, you've got to be there for your clients, you've got to be accessible and you've got to be you know, approachable and nice to work for and fun to be with. It's a lot of it that goes on top of just, I've got these qualifications and I know about the law. Yeah, of course, definitely. And I suppose that's why Peace of Mind has been as successful as it has. It's grown, especially in the last sort of I mean, five or ten years, it's grown enormously, hasn't it? Um, so, yeah, definitely. And I think that's largely because um, the clients know that we're there for them. They get that. They understand that we're available. They also understand that they're one of a number of other clients and that they may have to come to different members of the team if they want advice and approach us in a different way. But we've worked very hard to sort of build a community around us. So we're not just an employment lawyer that you come to when you've got a problem. So what we have for our Peace of Mind members is an exclusive Facebook group and LinkedIn as well. And on the Facebook group, we encourage our clients to support one another. So we might provide some employment law advice, but we encourage them to talk about the practicalities and how they implement that advice. A good example of that has been in relation to the strike days. We've had loads of strikes, haven't we, over the last um, sort of six months or so. Um, we're able to talk about what you have to do for employees if they can't come to work because the school are on strike or because the trains are on strike and they can't get to work. Um, but what our clients like to talk about is well, okay, half your workforce can't come in because there are strikes going on. How do we actually manage our business? How do we move people around? Um, do we look at things like swapping shifts and people doing overtime or um, having a flexible working pattern or whatever? And that's where our Facebook group comes in because the clients are able to talk to one another and say, well, their advice is interesting, but what do we do in practical terms? Well, it's even like... Um Outside of the business aspects of it, we had, we popped up a post yesterday, didn't we, for World Animal Day, and we've got everyone sort of chipping in, like, this is what my pet looks like, this is what I did at the weekend with animals, and it's a, it's a real community sense, isn't it, I think, peace of mind, um, especially when we, we've got our events as well, and gets a real chance to sort of get to know other businesses and people who are in similar situations. And we do that because then if the clients are comfortable with us, they will come to us proactively to ask for advice, which is essential for employment law to avoid the problems happening. Um, and we also, as I said earlier, we'll have a better understanding of them. We can then tailor our advice to suit their kind of ethos and their way of doing things. Yeah, definitely. And I, I just think that's the best way to do things, isn't it? Um, and you've created some wonderful relationships with clients, so I just think that's great. We have, and, and what really satisfies me is they take us with us. So our clients are traditionally HR managers, and of course they don't necessarily stay in the one job forever and a day. So they might move to another business, and then we think, oh gosh, they've moved, moved to another business, and they've taken us with us. They come back, and that's a, a peace of mind member now. And I love that because it's a, you know, that's sort of what a the relationships carrying on, which I love, but also you just have a sense of pride that they still want to be part of that community. Oh, definitely. So I guess to sort of round off our our little chat, um, do you have any final words of wisdom or encouragement that you can give to the audience? Yeah, that's that's a tricky one. Um, well, look, our audience are businesses, aren't they? Really, business owners, HR managers, that sort of thing. My, my word of wisdom is going to be this: um, you know, nothing in life comes easy or for free. 
You have to put the effort in. Um, hard work pays off and when it does it's very very satisfying and the other thing I'd say is get some therapy I heard someone <laughs> say the other day about therapy therapy is a bit like washing up if everybody did a little bit of it we'd all be much happier oh I love that that's great thank you so what we are wanting to introduce into our podcast are the audience source questions so if you wouldn't mind this week we are asking you if you could be in any other career, what would it be and why? I would probably say something along the lines of your career. Not that you've got your career up and running yet, but that's, that's reminding that's, me. <laughs> but you've graduated relatively recently, haven't you, with yeah. a psychology degree? And I think, gosh, if I had my time again, that's probably what I'd like to do. I'd love to do psychology. In particular, I'd like to do child psychology. I'd love to know a little bit more about how children's brains tick. Yeah. Um, Particularly, it's probably a bit late in, in the parenting cycle. Given 21, yeah. 26. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd like to know, you know, I love all those things where you can see, well, if you did behave this way, your child would have behaved that way, and this is what would have happened. I love all those sort of Nanny Joe programmes and things of that sort. I um, don't know that. You don't know that Super Nanny? Oh, Super Nanny, yeah. Super absolutely. Nanny. Nanny Joe. Yeah, she's Nanny Joe, isn't she? Oh, Joe Frost. Okay. Anyway, I love Super Nanny <laughs> and how she gets children to do things and, yeah. and how you can see, actually, if I'd have done this better, then that would have been a better result. Mm. And I think also there are lots and lots of um, very troubled children out yeah. there, lots of people who need a lot of assistance in those sorts of things. And I'd love to have been able to do something like that. So I think, yeah, if I wasn't a lawyer, maybe a child psychologist. Is it too late to retrain? I think it might be. I think you're pretty good at what you do. Um, but maybe I'll go into that. I'll, I'll live your dream for you. But yeah, no, that's amazing. I mean, it's an amazing um, position to be in if you are a child psychologist. I think they're doing amazing work. Um, so yeah, that would be pretty cool. But so is being a lawyer. So we got that. Well, thank you so much. And um, it's been really lovely to chat with you. I know we get to chat all the time, but we never really get to talk about your career. So I do find it very interesting. And I think what you've done is amazing. Um, so thank you so much for sharing with me and with us as a community. Well, thank you for that too. Um, I'm looking forward to being the interviewer next yep. time and not being the one who's an- answering the questions. But I can do it. Back it's been fun. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. We hope you found the discussions insightful and empowering. To stay connected and continue receiving valuable content, make sure you hit the subscribe button and be the first to know about our upcoming episodes. Don't forget to follow us on social media as well. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook and LinkedIn at Warner Goodman LLP, as well as YouTube at Piece of Pod. Thank you again. Until next time. Oh, no, no, no.